This episode of the Golf Guide podcast is brought to you by golfguide.net. Save 20 to 70% on greens fees by visiting golfguide.net and find the golf that you need. Once again, are, are you tired of like booking golf online and being stuck in like a tee time? And then maybe you got to change your tee time, you got to call somebody who's not at the golf course and they switch it, you pay a penalty. Forget that shit. Go to golfguide.net. Save money on your greens fees, print out a certificate, and whenever you end up being able to play, just take the certificate to the golf course, save yourself money, and go play some golf. Again, golfguide.net. Find the golf you need. Oh, oh! I think Dice Clay said that. Uh, Dice was on uh, Rogan's podcast last week, and it was awesome. Dice is a funny guy. It was it was fucking. I don't great. care if it's the same fucking shtick for thirty years. It's still funny. It it fucking works. It does. It it works. Ow! Oh! Ow! Hey, little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet. Oh! <laughs> well, everybody, welcome. This is this is easily the most anticipated of all of our podcasts. You know, being Big episode 10. Uh, I think this is going to be the most exciting mm. and also probably the most news correlated podcast in that it's very specific to this week in particular. You know, when people are coming back and they're listening to this podcast a decade from now, it'll just be to reference what happened during the 2016 Masters, not so much just to hear, you know, us, our general banter and, you know, friendly uh friendly volleys back and forth across our table here um this is the master's preview podcast when next time nasa sends up one of those little spacecraft with recordings on it for aliens (laughs) this will be right on there this is the masters man i it's the greatest sporting event certainly in golf oh yeah and possibly in all of individual sports i think it is in all of individual sports you know i've been saying this for about 10 years and Initially, it was probably just to be that kid that was different, you know. It, it, but and, and now everybody but, believes. But it. the longer that I've, you know, yeah. held held to it, the, I think the the more accurate it has become. And that is that Sunday at the Masters is my favorite day of sports viewing on the calendar. It absolutely is. Now it doesn't deliver every year. No, but it delivers a lot, and it's just so enjoyable Mm -hmm. it's so relaxing it's all consuming now not everybody in the golf world among hardcore golf fans believes this about the masters but you ask the players Mm -hmm. which major is their favorite now most of the europeans and and the internationals would like to win the open the most but when you ask them which one your their favorite is to play in almost all of them worldwide and especially the americans i think say the masters they're all gonna say overwhelmingly it's just got this weird unexplainable aura about it and it's obviously the course well there's something to be said about it's the only major that's played at the same course every year right so there's just so much unbelievably memorable and historic golf moments have happened just on this one parcel of property where you just don't get that at any other major i'm a big american 
And I'd love to win <laughs> an extraordinary American. The national yes, thank you. I'd love to win the national championship, the U.S. Open. Yes. That would be my second most preferred. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would say the Open, and there's an argument to be made. Sure, but I'd still rather win the Masters. Yeah, without a doubt. First of all, lifetime exemption. Second and of all, you green get to play jacket. Augusta whenever the fuck you want. You do, and you get to go there and get to wear the green jacket while you're there. That must just this is just such a power move. Just to I love put, put on the jacket and walk around and be like, yeah. I love that they don't let you take the jackets out of there. It's great. And, of course, Gary Player did, but <laughs> nobody else nobody else who's a, a <laughs> master champion had the balls to do that as far as I know. But, yeah. I'm from w- South Africa. I didn't, uh, I didn't understand. Uh, I'm yeah. not, not only am I never going to wear a green <laughs> jacket, I'm never even going to get to see one. I disagree. I, I think we will eventually make it to a master's as mm. spectators mm. one day. I mean... You and I enjoy this tournament far too much to go our entire lives without well, ever certainly ever going to see it in person. Plus those I, mean, I would love to, but I'm real cheap. Well, that's a good thing. Barbecue sandwiches are two bucks on the grounds. Yeah, and that makes up for the seventy five hundred you had to pay for your ticket on the secondary well, not, market. So correct me if I'm wrong. The last I heard is that it's still a raffle to get in and that you it, it, it is matter. The, in the primary market it's a raffle. Yeah, it's a raffle and then, yeah, but you're not gonna win that. There's a lot of tickets they send out. I mean the chances of getting a ticket Sometimes to the lottery you don't know are until pretty close. Five percent, I think. If you, I guess that's okay. But you, you know, know, trying to live my life here. Apply twenty years in a row, and yeah. I'd say you'll you'll get in once. That's one way to do it. That's probably the smart way. And if you do do that, I don't think tickets are that expensive. Don't quote me. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. I, I <laughs> this is me just completely talking out of my ass. But I think it's only a couple hundred bucks if you get it through the raffle for like a full week pass. Would you rather attend the Masters once or the Ryder Cup? Three times. The Masters. Oof. That's a tough call because the Ryder Cup is definitely number two Yeah, in spectator desire for me. It's tough because the Ryder Cup would most certainly be more fun just in terms of you know the spectacle and the games and, and of course, watching the, the golfers. United never wins it, so that's to be taken into account. But I'm telling you, man, the golf course. Everything goes back to the golf course. Why don't it, they do the Ryder Cup? It's Augusta. Augusta National. How cool would that be? Well, It'll never happen, but it would be great. Because the powers that be at Augusta would uh, politely, yeah. but very firmly tell them to fuck themselves. Yeah, of course probably <laughs> wouldn't look quite as... Well, it'd be interesting to see Augusta in the fall. Because it probably wouldn't look nearly as good as it does in the spring, but it mm-hmm. might look pretty cool. I mean, this would be a great question to have you know, anybody that has any kind of a affiliation with Augusta on. Because I wonder what kind of shape that course is in. Every other point of the year, because they the answer is great shape. Well, they're always doing so much work to it mm. that, except for the Masters and the months leading up to it, when they're prepping their course for the tournament, you almost always have to assume that something's under repair or I, construction while they're fixing it for next year's tournament. But think of who the members are out there, and also the reputation of the course has to survive all the visits people come in there once in a lifetime what all 14 people that get to fucking play the course that aren't members every year buster posey and steph curry and all the other prominent american athletes who get to go there and and andre iguodala and yeah if a t-box was under repair when when you when you went to go play augusta national would you walk would you walk away being like yeah but it's augusta fucked up okay so a t-box here and there i mean you get that everywhere well for the most part that's what most of the yeah that's fine Nobody cares. Um, unless they would do that thing that we were talking about either last podcast or two podcasts ago where they changed 13, mm. not by extending the tee box, but by rebuilding the green another that would, 40 to 50 yards That back. would be very inconvenient for the members unless they left the current green there while they built the new one, which I'm sure they would do. They could. Although, 
the more I think about it, and I actually... Or they'd put a temporary on the short side of the creek, which would be annoying. I attribute this to... I can't remember where I heard it, but I think they made a good point. Um, do you think Augusta's getting too long into the fact where it's favoring long hitters like Jason Day and Bubba Watson to the point where it gives them an unfair advantage because of the length, where it might actually level out the playing field if they maybe hacked a couple hundred yards, you know, maybe one to 300 yards off the total yardage. Would that would that produce a better tournament? There's a couple of holes out there. Yeah. Because uh, uh, number one. Yeah, in, 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 order to get, in order to get over that hill, I mean, don't you have to hit it like 300 yards just to get it over the hill to yep. have a halfway decent approach shot into the green? That's yeah. The tiger, the tiger proofing thing was always misguided. Yeah, I it, agree. The only the only way you could ever see tiger proofing really factoring into anything is if you take a drivable par four or something. And of course, on a par three, even it wouldn't it would it you could never tiger proof anything. The only things that it would ever really work on would be like a drivable par four turning it into a two shotter. Or a reachable par five and turning it into a three shotter, mm-hmm. and they haven't been able to do that with the par fives. If they could, it would make sense. Yeah, um, but they can't. No. So you think of how they the, they could make Tiger play from a different tee than everybody else. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> they at Augusta, I, I think uh, all but one of the par fives is reachable. They might all be reachable. Um, eight, eight is reachable for the really long hitters. Uh-huh. Um. Which is a problem. You know, you either make it longer or shorter, right? I, I like that hole a lot. I think it plays great. But uh, it is definitely an advantage for the longer hitters. When you say that, can, can I bring up a point? I, I don't mean to redirect you here. but Please do. It's something that I thought about last week as I was getting excited for this tournament. And then I, I wondered, I had this thought about the tournament and about the golf course itself at Augusta National. And I, I wondered how many other people share this viewpoint and that is when i really sat down to think about it the golf course and getting you know preparing myself mentally for this tournament i started drawing a lot of blanks when it comes to the front nine because every time you're watching this tournament usually it's people on amen corner and then finishing up and it's it's the back nine i mean i i can run through every hole at augusta uh, the back nine through my head um the front nine not so much and now and I want to try to make a extended effort to pay attention to guys playing the first nine holes of this golf course to try to re-familiarize myself or just familiarize myself with an entire half of that golf course that I really am honestly unfamiliar with. Yes. Um, Does the front I, nine not get its due? I, the front nine is not as good as the back nine. It's not yeah. as memorable. Mm-hmm. But you're going to see the holes out there and it's going to jog your memory. Yeah, I guess I, you're right. I have a bit of a brownout on the front nine um, in the second half of it, but I remember over half of the holes on the front nine pretty well. Sure. I remember one, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. Two is an amazing hole and super memorable. The down downhill dogleg left par five that Oosthuizen got the albatross on. Ah, uh, yeah. It reminds me of one at Spyglass a little bit. Um, it is a great hole. That hole kicks ass. Three is super memorable. Uh, the the short par th- the short par four with the mm-hmm. big ledge green that's incredibly perch sure. and stuff like that. Um, four is that little par three that's kind of memorable because the tee shot is really very very steeply downhill. Wait, so four four is the par three? Uh, yeah, isn't isn't that the one where it's just insanely long? Like it's long. One... It's not, but it's not insanely long. It's long. 
I think it's like in the high hundreds. No, okay. I, I'm doing right now what something that I did last week after I had that thought where I'm just go basically going through and masturbating to like pictures of mm-hmm. the course tour. Yeah. Going through par three, two hundred and forty yards. It doesn't always play two forty. Flowering crab apple. That's nice. <laughs> that's how, that's what I would call it too. <laughs> uh but then after four, I do blank out a little bit. Five is not memorable to me. Six isn't that memorable either. And neither is seven. That's kind of a stretch that I'm not that. It's five, six, and seven. Five, Magnolia. 455-yard par four dogleg to the left. Both bunkers on the left-hand side of the drive. Number six, you get two, and that is a 180-yard par three with that bunker short left. Um, Yeah, see. I'm oh, like, you know what? I got, I, I'm looking well, at pictures, and they look familiar, but I have to admit, like, if you'd just shown me a picture of it without any context... I couldn't have guessed what hole it was. You know, it, I could even be mixing up four and six. I I, I know what I one th- of them I th- looks. I think like, you, yeah, I know what one of them looks like, and I like it, and I don't remember which. Then seven, I I have no memory of either. Of either, unfortunately. Uh, straight away, par four, four fifty bunkers. Oh, all like just now. I remember seven cascading across the front of the green complex. Seven's hard. Yes, that hole is a hard hole. I remember uh, Justin Rose hit an incredible shot on that hole last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that, but, but eight and nine are very memorable to me. Yes. I start remembering the course at eight. Yeah. Eight's the long par, the long par five that you were talking about. Yeah. And then nine obviously returns back at the clubhouse and the green is what only like maybe 30 yards from the 18th green as well. Kind of out in that big open area. Yeah. Um, and it, and the ninth green, if you're going to argue with the architecture at Augusta, mm-hmm. there's not a lot to argue with, right. <laughs> but the ninth green is always a problem. And it's fun. It's super exciting to watch. But mm. I wouldn't want to play it. I think it's unfair. It It is really dramatically sloped. Whenever you see a guy have to putt horizontally across that green, it is just unfair. Uh, you, you play it 20 yards high, and you just can't hit it hard enough, or else you could run all the way down into the fairway. Mm-hmm. It's just too dramatic a slope. It needs to be softened a little bit. Um, it's great that it has the false front and all that stuff, but it's almost a false green. Uh, you have to play it high and, and spin it back uh-huh. and not too hard. And you have to be perfectly online and you can't go in the bunker. Uh, there, there's massive trouble everywhere on that hole. I think that, uh, it's too penal. And if I could change one thing about Augusta, it would be the, the ninth, ninth green, green complex, the ninth green. Hmm. I would keep it the same concept, but I would just soften it a little bit. Okay. Well, the counter argument that Alistair McKenzie. The counter argument to that is that that green has not stopped guys from, you know, finishing this tournament in double digits under par. Well, no, but it has killed people's tournaments dead in their tracks right at that hole. Well, they shouldn't have sucked so much D when they fucking came up the ninth hole. Tiger Woods was doing a great job at the Masters uh, last time he was in it, I think, and th- and he might have doubled that hole. He sucked it off into the fairway and I I don't think that he was really treated unfairly by it he just happened to implode there but i i do see guys who who pay a little too heavy a price on that green so you would redo the green at carolina cherry <laughs> i would redo the carolina cherry or <laughs> and i think this is a this is less than optimal <laughs> but i would maybe you know soften it with some water i mean you want you a softer you carolina cherry you don't yeah yeah <laughs> and even that's a bad idea but <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah uh, fair enough. Well, yeah, I mean, but, but anyway, moving through, the, the whole back nine is totally memorable. Although, absolutely. uh, 
you know, you no, the whole thing is. The whole thing is. Yeah. I mean, you could... 17 wouldn't be memorable. That's exactly what I was saying. Like, 17... Tree, and it doesn't have it now anymore, of course. Right. But if 17 had never had the Eisenhower tree, you might forget it. Because mm-hmm. nothing really historic com- has happened on 17 compared to the other holes on the back. Sure. Which is strange. Yeah. Um, I guess it's because it's a bit of a, a stiff par four. Not a lot of, you know, birdies or knock it stiff iron shots. But mm-hmm. every other hole... I mean, the back nine is just terrific 10 is great it's a little hard uh and 11 is great well someone again i I can't remember where i heard this from but somebody said that the fairway bunker at 10 yeah is pretty much the only trace of alistair mckenzie left on that entire golf course on the whole golf course on the whole golf course because everything else has been rebuilt Mm. since he was there that essentially that's the only obviously visible trace of him working on that golf course most of the bunkering was you know bobby jones you know he had more of a hand and then they've just rebuilt it so many times that nothing hey who cares (laughs) good point (laughs) of course it's still just i'm doing just fine the golf course (laughs) the way it is whoever built it uh it's great i can't disagree with any of that now you're talking about whether the course rewards the long hitters too much yes it, it sticks in my mind very very dramatically like it does in everybody's what bubba watson was able to do at 13 on 13 yeah that was really scary uh because there's no reason you can't do that every year right i think maybe that year i remember something about how the trees were a little bit uh they hadn't fully bloomed out or that they hadn't fully leaved out or something and so there wasn't as much of a risk of hitting the trees right off the tee, so he was able to take an aggressive line that might not be there every year. Mm-hmm. Not sure that's true, but you shouldn't be able to play the hole that way, I don't think, because being able to cut the corner on a dog leg so late in the tournament with so much on the line, uh, first of all, it makes the hole play in an un- uninteresting way. You're totally. hitting a, a wedge into a pretty big green that has backstops, it's not a hard shot no. for, for pros. So it, it not only ruins the hole a little bit, but it is a giant unfair advantage. And no right-handed player could even do it. And maybe Bubba's the only left-handed player who could do it. And so I don't know whether it's fair to proof a hole just for one player. Hmm. But you might want to put something in, you know, near the tee box that is an Blocks obstruction. That angle. Yeah, yeah, you might. I don't know if that's feasible or not, but... I wonder how feasible it would be to just bring in like a hundred foot tall magnolia tree or something like that to put right in the corner that would just swat that ball right down before it gets out to the fairway. The the alternative, I guess, would be to 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 nudge the box over a couple of yards to the left, a couple scooches off to the left. Yeah, and that actually would make it easier for right-handers to hit draws that would that would hold the shape. Because hmm. right now the the risk with that that you're sort of hitting into a you have to start the ball left anyway yeah. to get down the straight line. So you you see a lot of right-handers overcook it into the creek, or if they get scared of that, they leave it out into the trees. If you were able to hit it at the trees directly and, and draw it back without hitting it in the creek, it'd be an easier hole for right-handers. So hmm. they might want to think about whether Bubba Watson should be, should be excluded from playing 13. I'd probably just go 5-iron, 7-iron, 7-iron. Yeah. What hole would you play at Augusta if you could only play one? If I could only play one, yeah, 
By the way, I have no idea what that sound is. That might be somebody cutting a tree down somewhere close by. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I think um, it's the train coming into the station. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that is a incredible question. Um, There's a limited number of answers that most people would choose from, but everybody well, would have their own pick, and there's different rationales. It it comes down to a couple... It's either 11... Mm, 11 or 15. 11? You want to get your ass kicked real hard? Yeah. Go down the Larry Mize trail? Yeah. Except you're hitting eight. You start at eight-man corner, just that the green cobbles, that, that lake short left, and just that nice, uh, just something about that hole. I look at it, I say, that, that looks fun. It looks difficult, but it looks really fun. Hold on one second here. I would like to sincerely apologize for that interruption. Apparently our co-tenant took the... Uh, nobody wants to know. Yeah. The occupied... Yeah, well, lights on office to mean that we were out of here. So I'm going to set the alarm off. <laughs> at least at least we weren't having sex this time, right? <laughs> anyway, no, we're not but, having sex. By the way, I just wanted to throw something out there. Just a joke. A friend of mine who does listen to the podcast, he said, you know, if I didn't know any better, I thought you two guys were doing each other during like before and after the podcast. I said, yeah. so what if we were? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, all that is is a compliment to how much we're on the same page with this. Absolutely. So back to the holes that we were going to play <laughs> yeah. with. Speaking of holes. Uh, you said 11, which I thought was a very bold choice. I love 11. 11's a great hole. 11. It's I really mean, hard. You're not going to birdie it. No, I mean, ones that I would throw out there, you know, obviously everything on Amon Corner yeah. with 10. Yeah. Um, and 15? 15's cool. 15's 15, you get a chance of eagling. Even some lowly fucker like us could could catch a couple if of you, shots. If you stripe a drive and then you got, you know, got a nice five wood in there or something. Five wood if you or a strong hybrid or something, you can get nice and high to fly it over that little lake and put it on the putting surface. Yeah, Fif I think. 15 was my first thought. And then I thought better of it. Okay. <laughs> uh, 13 would be cool, but I'm not going to try to even go across the creek. So what's the point? Uh <laughs> Would so you'd play 12. You play the par three. 12 is the answer. Nice. I would play 12. I, the funny thing is I would have thought 12, but then I said, if I only get to play one hole, yeah, you hit I want to hit more, I want to hit more shots. It's, it was between 12 and 12 and 15 for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're both great answers. I mean, honestly, anything on that back nine outside of 17 is a good answer. That's right. Although as much as I like 18, it also wouldn't be up there with the other no, ones as well. It never be considered for number one. It's, it's a got good some history. It's a good finishing hole, but it doesn't stack up. I think it's only a matter of time until somebody drops it in that 18 uh, Sunday hole location because that's a makeable shot. And I think eventually somebody's going to win the Masters that way. That and it's be, going to be really cool. That would be so awesome. Especially if they're behind by a stroke or something. I'm just, I have so many fantasies. No, about I, I can't the recall. Masters. Masters goes to sudden death playoff if there's a tie for a winner, right? It's not like. Yeah, it does. It, sudden, sudden death. Sudden death. I don't know so. if they changed it this year, but it's always been sudden death in my lifetime okay i just always think about how great it would be if they just adopted the u.s open rule and played a full 18 playoff full 18 hole playoff on monday that would be cool more more augusta just more they, augusta. they want they want you the hell out of there they, they, they certainly they, do they, they want you all gone <laughs> the riffraff <laughs> some of the richest some of the richest and, and most well-heeled americans attend that golf tournament and they're still the riffraff yeah right <laughs> Lin so lynn swan wants his golf course back <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen i don't know uh if you know this, but, and I don't know if we're ready for it yet, mm -hmm. but the Masters is, uh, you know. I do know. It's got some gambling odds on it. 
and we might talk about those. We might just not might talk about them. This is a, not only a master's preview, but this is a master's gambling preview. I mean, Goddamn right it is. as man. much as I love watching the masters, if I had no money on it, I'd still watch every minute possible. But put a little action on it and then just see how much more you like watching this golf tournament. And uh, looking at some odds and checking some things out, there are some exceptionally fun bets and wagers to be had yes. uh, with this golf tournament. And I think it would be criminal of us not to discuss it at least a little bit and share some of those with uh, whoever might be listening to this podcast. Um, I'm fucking excited. And so we, we put together a little, a little kitty for ourselves here. So you and I have put together a amount of money that we are going to today on this podcast determine how we're going to divvy up those funds, think where we're going to be placing those bets. I think you've put it together. Yes, and we're going to be sharing that with you in hopes that it might aid you in successfully navigating the betting stratosphere to come out on top at the conclusion of this year's Masters Tournament. Um, the first thing we do, though, is I'll, I'll throw it to you because I have little to no experience. Um, what is this tournament looking like for people that are playing, like, daily fantasy, like DraftKings? Does FanDuel do golf, or is it is DraftKings? FanDuel does not do golf. DraftKings does golf. There might be some other more marginal sites that do golf. Uh-huh. In fact, there are, but... DraftKings is the main U.S. golf platform for daily fantasy. Okay, their pri- their pricing is interesting. The and it doesn't does not match the odds mm-hmm. uh, perfectly. We are not sponsored by DraftKings, by the no, way. No, we're this, not. This we're the only people not sponsored yeah. by DraftKings. <laughs> we're going to be sponsored by DraftKings in about twenty minutes when we get a phone call from DraftKings. <laughs> so, the way it works with DraftKings, I'm sure most of you are familiar. You draft six players that you you choose with a budget. An art, you know, a phony budget of fifty thousand dollars, and the, each player has a price, and mm-hmm. you mix and match, and you can't go over budget, and you you get six players, and based on their success in the tournament, are they awarded a specific amount of points for how they might finish? In order they, to have the most points wins. They are, That's how they it works. are, and it, and it's very top heavy, uh-huh. major dividends to the winner, uh, but you also get performance bonuses hole by hole. Mm. And for streaks, and for bogey-free rounds, and certain accomplishments like holes in one. Interesting. So there's a little bit of difference from just straight up strokes, but uh, and when you're putting a team together, are you picking one of them to win, or are you just drafting your team and then it, they it, just score points like you would in like fantasy football or it something can get, like that? It can get awfully sophisticated. Uh-huh. Uh, it depends on what uh, game you enter. There's millions of them on DraftKings. The most popular one is the. Uh, millionaire maker where the top prize is a million dollars and the strategy for one of those is completely different than the strategy you would do in in like a head-to-head where you're up against one other person Hmm. uh you know it's not uncommon to see thousand dollar head-to-heads and they match you up against a random person whoa and so in in something like that your strategy honestly is to be very solid that's a lot of action boss across yeah i'm not doing that (laughs) solid across the board because what you need more than anything i mean obviously you want the winner but what you need is uh you need guys who don't miss the cut and if Mm. you miss the cut you know you might get away with it but if you a couple of guys miss the cut you better hope the other guy had a shittier week than you because that's (laughs) gonna be tough to come back from but then when you miss cuts or death sentences in daily fantasy is what is is what i'm getting out of you can i've had a six for six line up in a cash game they call them cash games okay that didn't cash so it depends depends on the week 
the guy who won the million dollars last year for the Masters, he had Spieth, Rose, Mickelson, Fowler, and two other guys in the top ten. So it was Fowler number four last year. I don't remember. He I had, don't recall. Spieth, Rose, and Mickelson were. Uh, now is he choosing one of them to win? No, no, no. You draft you draft them, and they're all on your team. Okay. You don't, they are not ranked in any way. So it seems you, like a very top. How could a, a budget? You, how could you acquire all those guys with a, a limited budget? Rose was not thought of by anybody last really? year. Yeah, he's he got discounted a little too heavily. Huh. And then Mickelson, I don't know if he was riding too hot into the Masters. Okay. Um, and then the other guys on his team was like Charlie Hoffman came in tenth. Uh, you know, awesome picks. Yeah. Uh, some other. Guy, I'd say that's a nice showing. Might have even had Matsuyama, who was flying under the radar among the general public, but he was a big popular pick for everybody. Last Masters, he finished fifth. So, you know, he won the million dollars by getting the winner, second, third, fourth, eighth, and tenth. Uh, And that is great. But that's what you have to do. That's pretty baller. You're you're not going to win the million dollars unless you get the winner, unless the winner is Sandy Lyle. In which case, he's not going to be on any team, so you're going to ride it out. But, but uh, you know, even if the winner is somebody like Bryson DeChambeau, he's going to be on a ton of teams. So if you don't have him, and he you're happens going to, to lose. Go top 10. Yeah, you're going to lose. Okay. So for the millionaire maker, you basically need to pick the winner. And uh, the pricing in it, it's pretty top-heavy, and you can't pick more than one of those guys without drastically fucking your team. So... The top most expensive draft pick uh-huh. in DraftKings for the Masters is Rory McIlroy. Really? At 12800 okay. which is a fortune. If and you, this is with the budget of 50000 And how many golfers do you have to draft? Six. Six. You hmm. can pick him, certainly. But if you pick him, then you're going to have to go down pretty south. If you want to pick him and, let's say, Jordan Spieth, who's the second most expensive, then... You need to split twenty five thousand basically four ways, which means you're down to paying sixty two hundred per player, hmm. and those players are, you know, Smiley Kaufman, Vijay Singh, uh, Stephen Bowditch coming off. You can't even buy yourself some Phil Mickelson for that kind of money. No, and so even if you got the winner and the second place, those other guys aren't going to finish in the top ten. And certainly not all four of them. So you can't. You you cannot draft a team that makes any sense having two of the absolute best players, like including Spieth, McElroy, and Day. You can't get two of those guys on the same team and have a chance. So strategically, to me, it sounds like you have to just pick. You have to go one way. One favorite, mm-hmm. and then scatter the rest of your picks across the field. I think the sound strategy this year in DraftKings, the way the pricing is, and I, I don't have the list in front of me, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, so I can't go through the dollar values, but I can tell mm-hmm. you about the tiers. I think the smart way to go do you, is, do you want to bring them up or are you, you okay do you have those i i, I could look them up here i think you... they're not not publicly printed oh, you have to log in okay so the way to go i think if you want to win the million dollars is you either pick one of the super elite guys if you're confident that jason day is going to win if you're confident that jordan spieth is going to win mm-hmm. you pick him and then you round out with a well-balanced selection of you know guys seven, seven to eighty five hundred 7,000 to 8,500 guys like Zach Johnson, who's totally solid. 
uh, Sergio Garcia. You can get a couple of those guys on your team, and then and because you're not picking to win, you can feel okay with yeah, drafting and then Sergio. Mark Leishman, who's always good at Augusta, he's a great pick. You can probably cobble together a decent team with that strategy, but I think the even better strategy is to go full middle of the road, take a chance that Day Spieth and McElroy aren't going to win the tournament, and mm. and put your money on. You can get Fowler and Mickelson and Garcia. So your strategy team. of going Rory, Day, Spieth. I don't think you can afford and those then guys. splitting $10,000 among your other three guys is not ideal. All the, all the guys, all the t- 20 most expensive guys could win the tournament. Yeah. And so I'd rather have four of them than two of them. Even if the two of them might be Spieth and Day, because the other guys aren't going to come in, you know, you might you have strong probabilities of missing the cut hmm. with guys, and that you're not going to win a dime if you miss the cut with anybody in the Millionaire Maker. So huh. you have to go for guys who uh, have a chance of winning the tournament, but aren't going to bankrupt you. And I think you're you got to look at the the Justin Rose, who's still underpriced, uh, Garcia's underpriced, Zach Johnson's underpriced. Uh, guys like that, okay, we'll and, and Bryson DeChambeau. It's, I know you, it's not a great idea to pick Augusta rookies who've never played there before, but mm-hmm. he's been he's played like twenty five practice rounds out there. He's been there constantly. The guy's a stud. He's priced at sixty five hundred. Everybody's going to draft him. But if you're looking for a guy who's affordable, who you can round out your DraftKings roster with, you I I, th- I always say go with talent. Go with a guy like Bryson DeChambeau. The guy's an absolute stick. Um, talent and course history are the way to go when you're picking bargain basement guys on hell Cabrera can't go wrong last year he finished 50 something he at least made the cut and he's won the tournament obviously mm-hmm. so uh and he and he should have won it again so um guys like him are the way to go when you're on the scrap heap okay interesting well any so it sounds like you like Justin Rose, maybe Bryson DeChambeau is a nice pick at whatever amount you said, like seventy five hundred yeah, bucks think, for your budget or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and if that. you want to go with a big cherry on top, I would save a little money and not do Day or Spieth or certainly not McElroy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would go with Bubba Watson up there. He he's the best choice among the really expensive guys, and he's about twelve hundred cheaper than than Rory McElroy, and he's a better pick for the money. All right, well, I'm going to jump into something else. Then Let's do you. so. You brought up the the big guns. Now, Daily Fantasy, even though I've never played Daily Fantasy for golf, it does actually sound like it's a pretty good time. However, I'm not sure how it could be better than just betting on golf like a normal human. It, If you are really, really extremely, extremely smart and you've got Excel spreadsheets and you do this all the time, hours and hours a week, mm-hmm. it's easier to institute a system. where It's easier you, to fool DraftKings than it is to fool Vegas. Not exactly. Or it's best. Just, I shouldn't say fool, but it's, it's easier to best DraftKings than it is to best Vegas. Is that what you're saying? It's just harder. No, it's because of the system, the way it works, that you, you assemble a bunch of different lineups and there's tons of different games and different variations. It's easier to protect against downside risk. Mm. So it's harder to make a ton of money Okay, but it is easier to avoid losing everything. The problem with DraftKings—if you're a serious gambler, you don't want to do DraftKings, even though guys make money on there and they're serious gamblers. But um, the the cut that the house takes 
out of winnings is tremendous. Is tremendous. And you've probably heard that same stat that's saying that on DraftKings, was it like yeah. one and a half percent of the people that play yeah. win ninety nine percent of the money? Right. Isn't that probably the same with the books in Vegas? But you know, the, I don't know about that. But the the guys who win on DraftKings, they win because they're better than your lineups. You're you're in Vegas. You're going up against public money a little bit, but you're going up against the the handicapper. Yes. Mm-hmm. For the most part, and lines move based on public money and where they want to draw money. Sure. So, but but public money has an almost complete role in DraftKings, especially for a big tournament like the Masters. the The sharp guys clean up, but you do see guys who have one lineup entered in the entire Millionaire Maker, where you can enter unlimited numbers of lineups. At twenty dollars a piece, you could enter in a thousand. But you mm. see guys who win who have one lineup. It's their one lineup, and it wins. So it it can be done, but it's it's usually not. <laughs> Bosses. A shot-in-the-dark guy. It's usually people who know something about the sport. They've put probably maybe a couple thousand dollars into this thing. and they, Yeah. You can make a living with Daily Fantasy if you're one of the very best in the country. It's one, of the great, me- one of the mega nerds that yeah. you know really has just written off relationships. Yes. And... But I, I think that if you have a lot of money, it, it probably would be more fun to just bet it in Vegas. You get a better return. I guess that's a more appropriate way to say it. What I think I was trying to say before is that it does just seem more fun to go to a book, place a wager. I mean, and here's the thing. We're going to jump into this now because um, I've got all the all the lines, the money lines from Bavoda or Bavada here in front of me. There are some tremendous bets there are on this screen right They're now. They're really great. I am very, very excited. So I'm going to give everybody a little... Gambling is the best. Well, I'm going to give everybody a little bit of a... Only gamble uh, what you can afford. Right. Which is everything. I'm going to give everybody a preview. What we're doing here is uh, we've set aside $50 from the Golf Guide Fund. And the two of us are going to sit down. We're going to look at this board. And we're going to figure out the optimal way to spend $50 at the books for this this year's Masters Tournament. Um, If you are planning on gambling as well, if it's more than 50, then just times 50 by whatever appropriate number would be it to see your budget and that's what we would be betting on it if we were in your shoes um who knows when we come back on the podcast next week we we will let you know how we did although if you listen to this podcast and you watch the masters you won't have to wait for the podcast because you'll know whether we're going to be super pumped or super bummed when next week's podcast rolls around but the first thing that stands up to me when you go to bovada's page is uh, a couple of props and they are fucking tremendous um, the first one that I'm seeing, are you ready for this case? Yes. You've, you you read this one already. I'm not sure. McElroy, Spieth, Bubba Watson, and Jason Day versus the field at plus 135. Mm-hmm. That is tremendous. I think that uh, because it's plus 135, it's a pretty good bet. Mm-hmm. I think that... And, uh, f- and by the way, the field is at minus 175. And that's an unattractive bet, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, Having to root against all those guys is brutal. Yeah, Day and Spieth between the two of them stand a tw- at least a twenty percent chance of winning the tournament. Uh, Bubba Watson. Yeah, like and to make a one thirty five bet pay off, you think about it. You you you're looking for maybe a forty percent chance, and those guys might not be there. They might be at thirty five percent. Even that might be a little generous. Tell you the truth, but. Uh, because of the little juice that you're getting with the 135, I don't think it's a bad bet. Sure. I think there might be more attractive bets out there on the board, but it is a fun bet because exactly the the, the deal is, the one reason Daily Fantasy is kind of fun is that 
you have more you have at least some interest you in got the more, success you, got, you have of more a lot skin in the game and, and that's what i like i like having action on lots of different things yeah. so you're not just rooting for one guy or one or two guys i like with with betting on individual players unless you're putting a lot of money across the board like uh, like a craps table you mm-hmm. run a risk of being totally out of it on White. sunday afternoon sure so i do like that bet i'd like to keep that in our back pocket we'll keep it in the back pocket now there's another group bet that is similar to that that has a little the odds are a little bit longer on it and i want to get your get your take on the, these two bets compared to one another and which one you think might be a more optimal wager to place so the first one was rory spieth bubba watson and jason day versus the field at 135 then you have the two hottest players on tour and adam scott and jason day along with ricky fowler and phil mickelson versus the field so adam scott jason day Ricky Fowler, Phil Mickelson versus the field at plus 210. Yeah, that's a nice payoff, too. You know, I I, I looked at that earlier, and I didn't like it so much. I, I've heard a little bit of coldness about Scott that I don't understand. Uh-huh. I mean, um, what the guy's won multiple times on tour already. Mickelson, he has a green jacket. M- Mickelson, Fowler both played well last week. Mm-hmm. Fowler has good course history. Mickelson obviously has won a bunch of times. Day always plays well there, and Scott's won there. Yeah. They're all hot. It's plus 210. I think for the money, that's a better bet. Yeah. I, my, I, my I, it's, a, is, it's a shame to miss Bubba, but he's That's like, what I mean. Like Without Bubba, I don't feel as good, but I, mean, I think maybe what I would do is I'm, I'm putting money on that Scott, Day, Fowler, and Mickelson versus the field at plus 210, but then you look at that Bubba Watson's at plus 1,100 individually so maybe make up for it by just throwing a little a little bit of scratch at bubble watson you know you're smart you're smart to complement that so then you get all of those guys in the deal and you got relatively decent odds across the board you're a smart man that is a smart bet i think bubble watson okay we just heard bubble watson's plus 1100 Mm -hmm. that's an attractive bet that's that i i agree uh it's equivalent to an 11 to 1 essentially okay um i think that's always what he is put at for the masters pretty much and it's always good which I mean, you know, if I guess you know, if you're so, these are all money line numbers. If you're one of the people that doesn't quite understand money line numbers, I I get confused about it myself sometimes. Very very simply put, if it's a plus number, that's how much you stand to win if you bet a hundred dollars. If it's a minus number, that's how much you're gonna have to put into the pot to win a hundred dollars. Correct? Yes. So at Jason Day, he is right now, according to Bovada the favorite to win the Masters this weekend. He's at plus 650. So a $100 bet. If Jason Day takes home a green jacket, you stand to win $650, correct? That's right. Is that a good bet? Can you ever bet bet on the favorite at the Masters? Last year, the favorite was Spieth. Is that true? Yeah. That paid off nicely. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think Jason Day is going to win the Masters, so it's hard for me to say it's a bad bet. Sure put my cards out on the table i think he'll win yeah 650 is not good money it's for not golf, for golf right uh you know and i i it doesn't do it for me mm-hmm. i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think the right way to play that one is just like you said as use it as a hedge against maybe some of those group bets sure there are other bets that we might get to in a few minutes head-to-head bets where which player will finish better in the tournament? Oh, see, I haven't seen it. So you're, you're those have are to lovely. Win. So you know, maybe oh, you bet boy. against Jason Day if the odds are good 
in some head-to-heads, but then you put a little bit of money on day to win the tournament just in case. I mean, obviously, you could lose both of those, but uh, covers you a little bit against the risk of day just shooting 25 under and running away with the tournament. Totally. Um, so I'm looking here at the money line odds to win. Now, there are odds for top 5, top 10, and top 20 finishes. Those are great for sharp money to look for, you know, if you put all your money on money line win bets, you might lose everything. And that's the thing about golf. You can make money gambling on golf if you do it for 30 tournaments. (laughs) But if you do it for one, you could win 10 times what you put in or 30 times what you put in. Or you, more likely, you're just going to get your ass cleaned out. And just lose everything. The only way to win money with golf is to figure out what you're doing and do it every week. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a pop in and expect to win. If you're doing it for the majors, you're you're doing it for fun. Unless it's the Masters, bet everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that said, I do like the win bets because they're the juiciest. They are. They're the hardest to win. They certainly are. Golf bets are nice and long. It's great. Mm-hmm. One jumps out to me right away. Okay. And uh, I think it is terrific, terrific money. And it is Justin Rose. Justin Rose at plus 33. And I've already filleted him a little bit in this podcast. Mm -hmm. Justin Rose was the runner-up last year. He looked great. He played really well on Sunday. He just couldn't catch up to Spieth. Justin Rose is totally frigging rock solid. I know he's only won one major. But the guy is... Still won more than most. Yeah, the guy's nails. He is. And... He was in the final group of the Masters last year with Spieth. There's nothing that can intimidate the guy. Let's look. The most interesting and important thing in golf for betting on guys, usually, week to week, is besides just you know talent and statistics like mm-hmm. uh, like strokes gained tee to green, mm-hmm. is uh, recent form. So you don't really see a guy come into the Masters that often who sucks, and all of a sudden it's his great week. And if it's going to be a guy, it'll be somebody like Watson or Mickelson, who's won there before. Yeah. But Spieth, I think he was, uh, you know, 1-1-2 or something in three weeks coming into the Masters last year. He was hot as hell. And he just steamrolled through the Masters. Sure. Rose isn't that hot. He lost in the second round of the match play. But before that, ninth at Bay Hill. 17th at the Cadillac, 16th at the Northern Trust, 6th at Pebble, missed the cut at the Farmers, 13th at the World Challenge, 6th at the Fries. Now we're going back into ancient history. But This is Rose we're talking the, about? The, yeah, these are Rose's PGA Tour finishes. I don't okay. have his European Tour finishes up okay. here. But he's he he's missed one cut, but he hasn't finished outside the top 20 okay. in any other tournament in the United States in s- over six months. Now, uh, now, do you have what the odds are for Justin Rose to not win, but his other odds maybe to finish as a top 10 and then things like that? Are yeah. That, is that easy to find on Bavoda? I Bavoda? can find those in one second. Hmm. See, I'm just looking. I see some very, very tempting numbers a little bit further down. Like, I mean, okay. Are you ready for the Rose? Sorry to interrupt. Yes, please. He's plus 500 to finish in the top five. Okay. And he is... Plus 175 to finish in the top 10. That is a great bet. Uh, it's not great money, but I think he'll easily finish in the top 10. Hmm. Plus 175 for top 10. That is good. I like that. I. There are some guys that are long whose whose odds are 
exceptionally long. Yes. These are the um, fun ones. The ones who might win the tournament. Yeah, the ones that might win the tournament. These like, are the best bets to have, by throw, the way. They're throw exciting. A, throw a dollar out there. My dad had $10 on uh, Cabrera at plus 8000 And he lost in a playoff that year. And that was heartbreaking. So, anyway. Uh, well, speaking of which, Anel Cabrera at plus, plus 15,000. 15, it's, it's a Good bet for the money. <laughs> I'm telling you, plus fifteen thousand. That is extraordinary money. Bryson DeChambeau at plus twenty seven thousand five hundred. Can't take it. I just can't. He's not going to win, but yeah, he might. Not gonna he, win. But he really could finish in the top five. Yeah, no problem. Hmm. I do wonder what his odds are going to. What his odds look like for a top? I think that is worth a flyer on top five or top ten for DeChambeau. Well, plus twenty seven thousand to win. You got to think that his top ten. Is there a way for us to find those numbers out? Yeah, Did, let me just go check them right now. I'm looking here. At There's some, a top twenty as well, but the juice is not really no, there for that. No, no, I'm sure. You know, I'm looking at the Deshambo's plus two thousand to finish in the top ten. Yeah, I'll throw a dollar at that. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I s- a dollar. Yeah. Why not? Okay, right. I'm saying if you have fifty dollars to spend, like we do, how? Where, where is this money going to go? We, we, I think we probably have to start thinking about where where we're going to put this money. Yeah. So let's start from the top. Well, let's we should try to place a lot of bets that could. Well, okay, forget it. Let's go ahead. Ultimately, the point of doing this is to make money, of course, as of with course anybody, it is. as with anybody gambling. So I guess you don't want to spread it around too much and hedge your bets to the point where even well, if be, you win, you're only making a dollar or two. It'd be cool to win all the bets, though. So if we we can't bet fifty different one dollar win bets because only one of those will come in, and maybe none of them. So we, you know, some top fives, some head to heads. You know, try to win all the money. Mm-hmm. All the monies. Yes. All so, the monies. Yes, yes, yes. Well, um, now let's take a look here. Who else? Who else? Now, Rafael Cabrera Bayo, he's never played Augusta before. He just barely qualified. Mm-hmm. No no practice rounds there or anything. He's hot as a pistol, and the guy is a stud. Well, did he and a Euro stud. Third or fourth at the, WG, at the, the match play? Uh, I think he finished third. third. It was third or fourth. I know he lost in the semifinal. Cause... And then he was... Uh, absolutely tearing up the golf course in Houston mm-hmm. this last week. He's really in good form. And looking just a skosh above, there are two guys that I like a lot okay. on that line above there. Paul Casey plus 7,000. Paul Casey plus seven. Guy's always underrated. What has he been doing lately? I don't even... I, I remember... So, what was it? I remember watching him at... Might have been Bay Hill? That he was playing, rel- oh Jesus, my memory sucks. Um, yeah, he he finished in the top ten at Bay Hill. Okay, uh, and then seventh the week before that at the uh, WGC Cadillac, and mm-hmm. then he had a couple. Of, he had about three mediocre weeks before that, uh, and then we're going back to last year. I wish I could pull up European Tour finishes on the same page here as I do the PGA. But anyway. Uh, Life is limited with the iPad. Paul Paul Casey's back to the good Paul Casey. Okay. And he has good Augusta history. At plus 7,000. He's never won. I like that. So, yeah. Let's see. Paul Casey at plus 7,000 is great. Other ones that I'm seeing that I like. um, Oosthuizen, plus 3,500. That's I, not bad. I just love Louis. I I, actually, I, I I don't think those are great odds for Louis. He's always injured. But I... I like having. I would like to have money on Louis because <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a guy just, you want he's money just a, on. He's just a fun guy to root for. But back I'd to your, so much rather have Justin Rose at plus thirty three hundred. Well, your Cabrera Bello um, point is well noted at plus eight thousand. 
with the way that guy is playing, it would seem a little silly to at least not have a little bit of action on him. Maybe he would be a, a one to do a top ten on. Yeah. Let's let's see what those numbers see are. See what those numbers are. Cabrera, Bello. Um, Bubba Watson at plus 1,100 seems real nice. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're does. looking for favorites. Yeah, um, he, he's the best money up there. I know. I We probably should have had this conversation before we jumped into the, the, the betting aspect of it, but I think one thing that we probably should just, you know, put right on the table right now is and you already gave your answer who's going to win jason day jason day i would argue jason day as my pick as well although if i had to pick a second i'd probably say bubba i think i personally think bubba has a better chance to win than spieth or mcelroy and i think his i think mcelroy and spieth both have better odds to win than bubba watson does because as of right now the what I'm looking at from Bavada, Jason Day at plus 650, McElroy at plus 800, Speed at plus 900, and then Bubba at plus 1100. Yeah, I think Spieth and and Watson have similar chances to win, but Watson's cheaper, better payoff. Yeah, I would take Bubba at plus 11 instead of Speed at plus nine. And they haven't changed 13 yet. Yeah, exactly. He he gets a stroke right there. Yeah. Uh, don't want to get too distracted here with it, but there's one that I like that's long money. Mm-hmm. Maybe not to win, but the the payoff is really it's it's too much for this player. Sure, Bill Haas at plus ten thousand. Uh, the guy has made the cut like seven Masters in a row, and he's got three top twenties in the last three years, and he's got a bunch of top tens this year. He's really doing well. Um, Augusta is a track that suits him. He He's made the cut every Masters he's ever played in the last six years in a row with finishes improving every single year in the last five. Hmm. And he's being treated as 100 to 1. I like that. I don't see why it should be that high. He should really be down at like 65 or something, and he's at 100 for mm-hmm. some reason. Well, if you look at the guys in that range, it's, you know, at 65, you got Zach Johnson at plus 5,000, Danny Willett at plus 6,000, Sergio at plus 6,000, and then Paul Casey at plus 7,000. You would argue that he probably belongs more in that tier. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I don't see why not. He, shouldn't, he certainly should be ahead of Matt Kuchar and Brandon Grace. Totally. Well, I mean, uh, well, Cabrera Bello above him at plus 8,000, but I look at that, you know, yeah, Cabrera Bello, a lot of people are hot on him because he's been so impressive the last couple of weeks. He's one of these... Adam Scotty kind of, uh, you know, mannequin-like, bomber-ripped Euro trash. I know, yeah. So, so he's very compelling. What do you think about Brooks Kepka? I like Brooks Kepka, but not to win. Sure, of course not. He's not going to win. Um, he's at plus seventy-five hundred. Again, Bill Haas at ten thousand or. Brooks Kopka at seven seventy five hundred. Yeah, that that seems like a. Let's see what Brooks has done at the Masters. I mean, Shane Lowry's at plus fifteen thousand right now. That's a good looking bet. Ryan Ryan Moore's bit... been playing pretty. I, see, Ryan like, Moore's good at Augusta too. I I don't know if I'd put money on Ryan Moore to win, but at plus ten thousand, it it could very well be worth just throwing a couple dollars. At, What's Ryan Moore at? Plus ten thousand to win. Hmm. Exact same as Billy Haas. I have such a hard time seeing him win this tournament. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I like Ryan Moore, even though I think it's so weird that it looks like he's just punching himself. Ryan in the Moore junk is having a ter- terrific season. Oh, he, he's been having like, yeah. It seems like he has been in the mix at almost every tournament that I've watched over the last month. 
Um, if you could get those odds and see what Ryan Moore, um, what his odds are looking like to finish in the top 10, that would be a, a savory bet as long as the odds aren't too ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, last year he was 12th at the Masters. Mm-hmm. He missed the cut the year before, 38th the year before that. But, I mean, he's been getting better. It's hard to go year to year with Ryan Moore. Right. Let me find those. For the top 10? For top 10. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. 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 And then after we find that out, then we're going to look at the guys who are long shots um, and see if any of them would be worth, you know, throwing a bone to and, and placing a little bit of money R- on. Ryan Moore's plus 700 to finish top 10. Really? It's pretty good. It's not bad. Not bad at all. You know, the more I'm thinking about this, the more it might appear that we have, uh, we'll have a couple of the bets that we're going to do on the podcast, but what I'll do is we'll actually we sit down. We have to sit down. We'll it's, sit down. We're going to figure gonna this out. We're not going to bore you with all of this. Yeah, we'll figure it out a little more at length, and we'll post them. Um on the golf guide page so you can check them out and see if, if you're idea. at all interested, which you're likely not. If you want to get your seat on the money train. Absolutely. What do you think about Brant Snedeker at plus 5,000 before we move on? Mm, I don't like it. Not, Every, he not seems to, to be a sexy pick this year, but I don't see it. He's I mean, playing well. He's playing well. I mean, you got to think about this. What is the one tournament that Brent Snedeker won this year? It was the Farmers. Yeah. What? What did he do with the Farmers to win? He played brilliantly in just some savagely fucked conditions. Well, let me tell you, have you seen the Augusta forecast? No. There's forecast to be Thursday morning rain and Thursday, Mm. Friday, heavy wind. It's like 20 mile an hour sustained wind. Your weather report has changed my viewpoint on Brent Snedeker a little bit. Now, the weekend is supposed to be very tranquil and sunny. So... And, you know, if the storm comes in a little early, then we might just get a very primo kind of tournament with no harsh conditions with maybe a soft golf course on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So we could be seeing that kind of uh, scene. But we could could get a thing where the Thursday morning guys get really fucked. Yeah. And the, uh, you know, worst of the conditions is then, and then... Everybody gets kind of a windy day on Friday, and so the we might have a wave thing where Thursday morning, fr- Friday afternoon is is the bad draw. Hmm. And I haven't looked at the tee times yet. I'm not sure they're out. I don't know. Are there thoughts on VJ Singh at plus fifty thousand? I always love VJ bets. <laughs> always love them. VJ at plus fifty thousand to win. I always love VJ bets. So you can't go wrong with 50, plus fifty thousand. Yeah, I, I I kind of like that as well. Yeah, I would rather bet him to do top five. Hmm. All right. So before we go into any more of these uh, money line bets of guys to win, <laughs> let's um, let, let's throw this in here a little bit. Those head-to-head bets you were talking about. Let me go down to find those. Those those are ones that I would be exceptionally interested to learn about. Of course. Now let me pull those up. Excuse me while I pull those up. And in the meantime, I'm going to go over I'm- a couple of money line bets for the big boys to win majors this year. This just seems like a fucking no-brainer. Jason Day to win a major in 2016 at plus 150. Are you kidding me? Yes, please. I'll take yes. Yes, please. God, that, that is... Go, oh. <laughs> go take your 401k, cash it out, and put it on that. That, that Yeah, that's free money, that, everybody. That is free money. Um, Jordan Spieth to win a major at minus 110. Uh, I, don't, I don't like the uh, payoff no. there. I think he'll win a major, but uh, I'd rather take Day at plus 150. I, I think and, that's ridiculous. And Rory at plus 125. The fact that Day's got sure the fact that Day's got the best odds out of all three of those, That's considering insane. how well he's playing right now, just seems crazy to me. I guess maybe it's tied to his injury history, but Rory's the one playing soccer everywhere. Mm. 
Interesting. I would absolutely pick Day out of that. Where'd you see that? That's the best bet. This is Bavada. That's the best bet we've found so far. Bavada, as of Thursday. That could pay off as early as Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> uh nice yeah that seems crazy i mean that's a great bet why wouldn't yeah why wouldn't you just take 20 bucks and ordinarily on anybody plus 150 to win a major is a bad idea but not him any major though i know but it, ordinarily it's a terrible idea because guys don't win majors every year but uh <sighs> day is in such good form guys a stud mm-hmm. okay i've got some head-to-heads here okay now there's not a lot of dramatic lines here these are all minuses so the casino is going to get its pound of flesh here okay mackle let's see Day versus Spieth. Day versus Spieth. Jason, um, should, should I be guessing who's sure, who's please, the favorite? Please. Well, obviously, Jason Day's got to be favored to finish ahead of Spieth in this tournament because he is the overall favorite. Yes, correct. I, Jason Day to finish ahead of Spieth at mm, minus one forty. It's minus one twenty five. Minus one twenty five. So he's not as much of a favorite. <laughs> Hmm. Now, Day is minus 120 against McElroy. Huh. And McElroy is minus 110 and Spieth's minus 105. So there's double the spread between Day and McElroy and Day and Spieth, which means in a that Spieth's got a better payout, mm-hmm. I believe, than uh, McElroy does, yeah. which I find incorrect. Yeah. Uh, I think that out of all of those, I like Day minus 120 against McElroy and I like Spieth for the money minus 105 against Day mm-hmm. uh, you could parlay those two oh. outcomes and get some nice action so you could take it uh, you know so long as Day beats McElroy and Spieth beats Day mm. then you get those together mm. and uh, it wouldn't be the juiciest payday but it would be nice It'd be fun to root for coming on the stretch. You'd probably get uh, about two and a half to one for that. So $10 to win like 25 Yeah. Interesting. You're writing that one down here. Well, let's see. What about other head-to-head matchups? That you... um, McElroy-Spieth head-to-head is uh, McElroy minus 120 and Spieth minus 110. Once again, I think Spieth is the way to go. Yeah. Agreed. Um, are we discounting Rory in this tournament? Is there a chance that yeah, Rory wins? Are. Of course. There's a chance Rory wins every tournament. Yeah. What 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 is the rationale for? Doesn't I mean he hasn't won it before? He had the one traumatic event there a bunch of years ago, but then he he by all rights should have played better in this tournament. His game is perfect for the golf course, but he just doesn't do it. Hmm. And now it's the final leg of the career Grand Slam. There's a lot of pressure. He's looked okay this year, but he hasn't looked super awesome this year. Well, physically, he's looked tremendously awesome. Well, always. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's just hard to pick him over the other guys, even though he is the most talented. I don't. I can't see a single argument for picking him over Jason Day. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. Kevin Na, plus 12,500 to win. It's not so bad. I, I wouldn't take it, but, uh, you know, first of all, Kevin Na, you, ta- you don't take to win. That is not a good bet. No, top five, though. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. You know, poor Martin Keimer. That guy's having a real bad year. But enough about Keimer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep looking. Marty Keimer, I... All right. If you had to place money on Marty Keimer or Henrik, 
Well, Henrik. I mean, the odds are about ten times shorter because Henrik's had a good tournament last week. Henrik's actually halfway decent, but also Henrik is never going to win you money if you're betting on him to win. Henrik is a lo- you know top ten. Take it to the bank. <laughs> He'll pay you plus one twenty five for that. <laughs> uh, I. It's, it's just so interesting. One thing I find fascinating about golf, at least when you're looking at money lines, is that you're so accustomed to seeing other sporting events take place where, you know, this team's at plus 120, right. this team's at minus, and then where everything here, because it's just such a large field and only one person can win, all these odds, you know, the, the favorites at plus 650. That's what's intoxicating. It is. It, it, it just, you see these huge numbers and you're like, oh, if I just guess it right, oh, Papa's paying for an all new, well, let's be honest. At, at our budget, you might be paying for like a new dirt bike or something like that. <laughs> no, you're, you're not, not even. You're not, even. <laughs> you're not buying a new car or anything. Well, unless Let's, of course you best, you know, ten bucks on Sandy Lyle to win it at plus five hundred thousand. You really, you know, that could be a big, a big time payday. I mean, but shit, you know, guys who have been competitive this year, they're pretty. They're down there pretty. I mean, Von Taylor's not going to win the Masters, but he's at plus thirty-seven thousand five hundred. Oh my! Well, come on, Von Taylor. <laughs> come on he has a victory this year yeah this year he has a win not a lot of scrubs no offense Vaughn. you won a tournament uh, <laughs> not a lot of uh lesser players win the masters uh yeah i know jimmy walker at plus nine thousand looks kind of interesting that whole line right there we got jimmy walker at plus nine thousand bill haas at plus ten thousand and ryan moore at plus ten thousand i i kind of like all those guys and more, more is it plus ten thousand? <laughs> more, yeah. Ryan Moore's at plus ten thousand. Thoughts on Jason Duffner at Augusta? Mm. Uh, I don't seem to recall him ever having really contended there, but it, I could have forgotten. He's got a win this year, and he's playing okay. Let me take a look and see if he's had any success at the Masters. Mm. He certainly is good on difficult golf courses, but Augusta's not exactly that. Well, he's he's also good on birdie golf courses. When he won the PGA, yeah. he made many birdies. Yeah. Totally. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Is like it, it may not have been Augusta, but there, there's something to be said about a major winner coming in, a guy who's won a major before. Because his best finish in the Masters is 20th back in 2013, where he was 20th, 4th, 26th, and 1st in the majors. Hmm. Uh, let's see what he did last year. Interesting. He was 49th. Missed the cut the year before that. Hmm. Uh, he has a top 20, 24th three top 30s the masters it's not so bad but um best finish ever is 20th um made the cut four out of five times okay so not too bad all right so here's here's what i'm going to present to you now we've taken a look <laughs> at all these numbers we got 50 dollars to spend we got 50 bucks to make real money this weekend let's let's Fred couples uh, withdrew just fyi well my whole 50 dollar bet is fucked i know sorry um all right. Well, okay. I have to. I have to. I have to rethink my whole game plan now that Freddie's out of the picture. So let's let, let's do something different. Let's identify five or six wagers that we really yes. that we think are really really good that are worthwhile, and All then right. we'll figure out how we're going to divvy our fifty dollars among those bets. Five five each. Um, five total. I go five. To, I mean, let's say five to six total. Hey, by the way, um, if, if there's one or two more that look really, really good to you, it would be criminal of us not to share those with our listeners. Hey, by the way, there's U.S. Open odds. I, I already saw that as well. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm, I'm, I've already got a full chub from just looking at these Masters odds. Right. I, don't, I don't need to jump into the, the U.S. Open, which uh, Jordan Speed is favored to win at plus 550 right now. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, the Masters. Five or six bets that you that seem most enticing to you that 
you are going to lobby hard for us to spend our $50 on. Okay. Let me let me go back to the first one that we brought up here after we brought yeah. up these money line odds. And that is, it sounds to me like between the, the group bets versus the field of McElroy, Spieth, Watson, Day versus the field at plus 135 versus Adam Scott, Jason Day, Fowler, and Mickelson versus the field at plus 210. I think you like the latter of the two, yeah? Let's put a little on that ladder. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I agree. I like the style on that bet as well. I, I agree as well. And also, that kind of leaves you open to be able to bet on um, Bubba. You know, I, I kind of like that, you know, paired up with a Bubba to win at plus 1,100. There's no Spieth in that second one. Do you hedge bets by putting money on Watson and Spieth, or do you kind of suck it up and just place a bet on one of the two? Last year I did go down on the ship of not thinking Jordan Spieth was going to win the Masters. That's mm-hmm. where I ran aground, mm. and uh, all the crabs ate my remains. <laughs> uh, it, and if I'm, I feel like doing it again this year just because so much money comes in on that guy. He's so good, though. He is really, really good. Nine, plus 900 is not terrible. No. Um, Especially it, for the the reigning champion. It might be a good idea to put a couple of bucks on Spieth. Just just to hedge a little bit? Yeah. If we're not going Spieth-y elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny is that, you know, you're looking at that second bet. Adam Scott, Jason Day, Fowler, and Mickelson versus the field. Um, that is the favorite. The... Fifth favorite, sixth favorite, and eighth favorite. So all those guys are all in the top ten. But they could come in two, three, four, five, and so long as somebody else wins, that's a lost bet. Right. So that's the tough part. Hey, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I still tough. like I still like it. Yeah. I like I, it I, I do too. And I I will be placing some money on that on that bet and I will hedge it with the a little bit of money on Bubba at plus eleven hundred as well. Let's make sure that happens. Spieth. I guess the point you just said is that we probably should hedge a little bit on Spieth too, but I'm also tempted to not do it. Yeah, just take go big or go home, cut bitch. Your losses, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So yeah. some some other wagers that you you like and that you're going to be uh, throwing some ducats at this weekend. I I love Justin Rose at plus thirty three hundred. Yes, agreed. Um, Patrick Reed, we didn't even talk about it. Plus four thousand isn't mm-hmm. so shabby either. No. What's Patrick Reed's history at Augusta like? Uh, he he went to Augusta State for college. I mean he he plays a draw i put a lot of money on him last year he didn't have the best tournament hmm. um he he wants to win this tournament so badly and that might be his downfall i don't know not <laughs> not for a guy like him well spieth i mean he's, he's off he's coming off a 10th in houston a 17th at the match play seventh at the valspar a uh, couple of second place finishes at 22 under each Back oh. in uh, the turn of the year, December, January, it's some bullshit tournaments. Woof. And uh, a couple of miscuts. Everybody missed the cut at the Farmers this year, so I'm not even going to think about that. Yeah. Um, let's see. He's got, I don't want to do this too many more times because we've got to get down to it. But uh, That's okay. He, yeah, he was 22nd last year. He didn't even play that well. 22nd and he didn't play well. No. He kind of sputtered in. Well, if you got Patrick Reed at plus 4,000 to win, I would assume that his odds to finish top, 10 you know probably what like plus 400 500, 500, plus 500 yeah, let me that seems like it'd be a, a lock that seems like a great bet to make Patrick is, Reed to finish top 10 there are some pl- I like that I think there's a there's a handful of top 10 bets that I would like to make mm-hmm. if I can pull up that fucking please screen please please do it sorry for the profanity everybody I know you're, <laughs> you're very sensitive yeah the fuck's wrong with you 
Yes. It's funny how I prefer top 10s to top 20s and top 5s. I don't know why. 10's a great number. 10 is a good number. Patrick Reed's plus 275. Eh, it's a little stingy. Mm. It's not that great. That is weird. That, that, is, that is lower than either of us anticipated, especially going from plus 4,000. But even yeah. so... That's because he's so solid. Yeah. People don't think he'll win, but they think he'll finish strong, which is what I think, too. We must all be on the same page. Yes. Our thoughts are not original. <laughs> so here's here's <laughs> some, some top 10 bets that I'd like to okay. get involved in. Uh, Bill Haas at plus 700. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes. Plus 700 to finish top 10. See, Paul Casey's only plus 350. That doesn't do it for me. To finish top 10? No, not good enough. No. No, 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 no. Um... You know what? Uh, what what's Cabrera Bello at to finish top ten? He's hot enough where he could take however much inexperience he has at Augusta and still he's, somehow find a way to finish as a fringe plus, contender. Plus five fifty. I don't like it either. He might miss the cut. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Sergio plus three fifty. He always top finishes 10? in the top ten. I hate rooting for the guy, but he does always finish in the top ten, and he's not going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think I about think about that. Uh, Ryan Moore, we were talking about at plus seven hundred. Did we mention that just mm-hmm. now? Yeah, Ryan Moore, Jay, uh, Bill Haas, and Ryan Moore are both at ten plus ten thousand to win, plus seven hundred to finish top ten. There we go. I like both those. Um, if you're looking a little bit lower um, in terms of the, the bets, is there anybody in the the lower half of the field? Oh, who's D- Deshambo at plus two thousand to finish top to 10? finish top ten. Oh, I think that's a nice little flyer to take. Okay. I also don't think VJ Singh at plus 2,800 is that bad to finish top 10. But he might miss the cut. You know, it's you, you never know where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got uh, VJ down there. I Cameron Smith is a good little player, but I don't know if... I'm not going to put any money on him, but I just have to say his name because I like it so much. Is Mike Weir? <laughs> uh, plus 10,000 to finish in the top 10. Oh, plus 10,000 for Mike Weir. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Plus 10,000. I might do it just so I can say that I bet on him. Yeah. I put a dollar on my queer. You sure did. All right. Um, Larry Mize at plus half million. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, going on. What are your thoughts on Stephen Bowditch? Oh, I mean, he's he's having a real rough year. Yeah. I, I don't even want to get too mean about it because he's got the history that he's got. Mm-hmm. He's probably struggling with something. He'll He'll find his way through it. But for right now, how can you? I mean, you just can't. Uh, you, Ill-advised putting money on six or eight months ago. I mean, to see these numbers would have been—you would have thought he, you know, was a different person. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, hopefully he'll bounce back. Thoughts on Smiley Kaufman? Smiley? I see him at plus twenty-seven thousand five hundred to win. But what? What is he's he not going like? to win? He's not going to win. He's a good player. He fits the course well, but he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, rookies tend not to play that well at Augusta. Is he there because of his exemption from the fries? Yes. Okay. Um, he's also in the top 10 in the uh, FedEx Cup. I don't know if that gets you into the Masters. I'm not, not sure either, but, but do, you, do you know what Smiley Kaufman's odds are to finish top 10? Plus 1,600. Um, that's not terrible. Probably I, not going to happen, but I mean... I don't like it. doesn't do it for me. It's 16 to 1 to finish top 10. I'd, I'd rather put my money elsewhere. I'd yeah. rather take, let's see, David Lingmurth even to finish top 10 at plus 1,400. Mm-hmm. DeChambeau plus 2,000. Jim Herman, my homeboy, who just won in uh, Houston, plus uh-huh. two thousand. Really? Yeah. Coming Actually, off coming off a win. That's you, you, not a bad. You know one that's intriguing to me for some reason hmm. is Davis Love the Third. 
I always look at his name and I don't think, but it. For some reason, that name still holds weight because he, he was so good when we were kids. He won a tournament a few months ago, and he's been playing kind of shitty since then in terms yeah. of PGA starts. So, but I mean, come on, DL three man. I would I would never even take him to do top ten. I would take him to win. Fuck everything. <laughs> uh, he is plus fifty five thousand to win. So that's a dollar to win five hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, because he'd lose a dollar. It's a dollar. Yeah. Those seem a, like tremendous odds. It's a cool bet, right? That is a great bet. DL3, $1 to win. If it hits, I mean, bro, if that hits, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that would be sweet. Has Hunter Mayhan really done much this year? No, he hasn't. So no, nothing on I Hunter never Mayhan. bet on Hunter Mayhan. It's a rule. Um, He's a nice guy. I feel like I've looked through this list pretty thoroughly. What do you think about Lee Westwood at plus 900 to be in the top 10? I wouldn't put money on it. Okay. I, Lee, Lee Westwood just hasn't shown me He's got the finest enough. of course history without winning. That is true. Uh, I, I still... I, there's too many guys that I've seen too much of this year that I like to want to take. You know, because we're a little bit limited, we have a $50 budget, and you got to... You know, there are too many other bets I'd rather... Yes, right. Finance than than a Lee Westwood top ten finish. Although you could do worse, I think the you money you could pick Sandy Lyle to win, and that would be a worse bet. I mean Shane Lowry plus eight hundred. I would take Westwood plus nine hundred ten times out of ten over Shane Lowry plus yeah. eight hundred. Yeah, I think so. I like Shane Lowry, but I don't think he's that well suited for the course. No. Okay. Um, let's see. We took care of those. Hmm. Ah, uh, it's just. All so this Masters, he's so goodness. hard, so hard. All right. Well, while you're thinking about it, can I can I ask you one more question of here? Of course. This is a question that was posed by Tour Confidential and Golf Magazine's thing, where uh, their their senior writer Alan Shipnuck, who, by the way, did you read his article that was recently on the cover of Sports Illustrated about the what happened to Tiger Woods? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. It's. I mean, what's happened to Tiger? But it was, what a great article. I mean, it the, is. The insight was was tremendous. It was well written. Um. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. So. Um, him and a couple of other senior writers at Sports Illustrated and Golf Magazine, they uh, throw this question up there, and they says, At the Masters tune-up, otherwise known as the Shell Houston Open, journeyman Jim Herman prevailed in what was his 106th PGA Tour start, but a host of more familiar names also had stellar weeks, including Henrik, DJ, Pat Reed, Ricky Fowler, and Phil Mickelson, yeah. all finishing inside the top 13. Oh, by the way, so did Jordan Spieth. What was the biggest takeaway from the Shell Houston Open going into this week, and did anything from last weekend's tournament change who you're betting on going into this weekend at Augusta? I was a little bit cool on Spieth, and he had a bit of a rough finish on Sunday, but mm-hmm. that stretch that he had at the beginning of Sunday, he had five birdies and seven holes. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, he was making putts, yeah. and they were speedy makes they were perfect speed right in the middle Jordan from Spieth 50 feet not, away and he does not win golf tournaments unless that putter is working and it and and, and you it know was. what and it made, stretch. and it reminded me it's not just that augusta is a place that he won uh but he had all that ben crenshaw mojo where he was getting all the skinny mm-hmm. and he's probably going to play a practice <laughs> round with him again who knows I, I know crenshaw's not in the field this year but uh it's too I, busy designing bomb ass golf courses all over the place yeah well <laughs> so I came away from Shell more 
bullish on Spieth. I, th- I think he's got a great chance of winning. Before last week, I was a little bit unsure of that. Um, I thought that Phil and Reed kind of validated themselves a little bit to me. I mm-hmm. was thinking, nah, Phil, you know, he. I think it might be a mistake not to put any action on Phil uh, because he's won there so many times. When the Sports Illustrated writers were prompted to ask who was going to win, Jason Day was the unanimous selection. Sure. Except for the one guy that's trying to be cool, but he says, I've been picking Phil for three months now. I'm not changing. Yeah. Mm. Hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. He's playing great. And it, the best, he plays his best at hey, Augusta. That's why I love that Scott, Jason Day, Fowler, Mickelson versus the field, because then I get to root for lefty. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think it'd be cool if Fowler could take it. And why not? Guy's been hot as hell. Well, he's only got a year and a half left before he's not cute anymore. I know, so. exactly. <laughs> he's got to do it now. <laughs> got to do it now. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, Phil plus 350 to finish top five. It's not great. Not a great payoff, but I think there's a really good chance of it. It's a great chance he finishes top five. Um, and then he's plus 1,800 to win. Hey. If anything, looking at all these numbers, it just makes me feel like I want to bet all my money. I know. You want to bet on every player, th- th- right? Th- if anything, this is only becoming more difficult to find out how I'm going to ration this, these $50 that we have on the tournament this weekend, but we're certainly going to we'll find a way. Of course. Um, but the prevailing theme... Uh, coming out of this is we love that Scott Day Fowler Mickelson versus the field at plus two ten, and then you kind of you know scooch a maybe a Bubba Watson and Jordan Spieth to win along with it to kind of cover your basis, um, and then after that, uh, a lot of a lot of guys to finish in the top ten. Those those are the most intriguing bets because I think neither one of us really likes to pick anybody to win unless it's a real long shot with you know. A very very low, yeah. you know, low kitty, but a high payoff. Yeah, I um, think that we're gonna post our bets on the website. We're gonna talk this over. Is that correct? That's correct. So let's just maybe leave it with one last discussion, please. Top senior player prop mm. bet. There are eight. Oh, okay. VJ. Okay. Plus two twenty five. Bernhard Longer plus two twenty five. Davis Love the third plus two fifty. Hmm. Tom Watson plus twelve hundred. Marco Mira plus twelve hundred. Ian Woosnam, Larry Mize, Sandy Lyle. You know, forget it. So that is an intriguing bet. That's a fascinating. And it's bet. obviously almost a complete crapshoot because any of these guys could play well, or they could all you know have their a bad week. But I mean, the top three guys to me stand out as the. The ones that are most, I mean, DL3, VJ, and Bernard. VJ, I think, has a top five this year. You have to go with VJ, right? He's the best player. And he's, obviously, they've all won the tournament. But um, I like VJ. VJ plus 225. VJ plus 225. DL3 plus 250 isn't half bad either. We're going to make sure we throw at least a a couple bones at VJ to win the top top senior. I think that would. Top senior player. There we go. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Well, okay. We'll, well, we'll get together after they're, you know, but... Uh, we may do an interim, uh, you know, like, Friday evening podcast. If not, then we'll hit you with a Masters recap, and we'll count our money on the air. It's not uh, it's not a sure thing yet, but we're going to do everything we can, um, schedule-wise, to try to get you another podcast at the cut on Friday night, and then hopefully a, uh, a, a Masters wrap-up on Sunday evening, when the uh, green jacket has been laid upon somebody's shoulders, Um it would be, it would be great. something's getting laid that yeah, night. Yeah, right? buddy. Not me. Yes. All yes. Right. 
Um, any other takeaways? So the Masters is this weekend. Is the what, greatest thing in the world. The greatest thing in the world. Is there anything? Is there anything that could happen this weekend that would cause you to be bummed? Is there any outcome that would I don't cause need, you to be saddened? I don't need Bubba Watson to win again. <laughs> I, I I agree. I I, uh. I I think he has a great chance to win, but. There are so many other guys I'd prefer to see win. And I, and we bash it, Bubba a lot on this podcast, but I mean, it's just he—he's asking for it. And so. I don't. And it's not that I. And it's not that it would bother me that much, but I don't need to see like Victor Dubuisson win. I kind of <laughs> love the guy, but I don't need to see him win the Masters, right? I, I, I kind of want to see my boy Fowler win. Even Day, Day would be okay. I want to see. I, I would love, honestly, to see McElroy get the career Grand Slam. I think that would be cool. That would be super awesome. Or speed repeat. That'd be pretty cool. I would be bummed if I saw Charles Schwartzel win. The only thing I don't want to see, quite frankly, is what I saw last year. I don't want to see a Sunday that is basically a runaway. Yeah. I mean, it was never a huge runaway, but it was a three or four stroke lead most of the day. And it was cool to see Spieth close it out for his first major. But we uh, always want to see some back and forth and lead changes on Sunday. So that's what I'm rooting for this year's lead changes on Sunday. Sure. We've talked about it. You jocked his nuts pretty hard last year. Um, is Matsuyama at plus 4,000 to win? I don't like him he's, to he's win. He's no longer enough of a long shot. Right. He was he was plus 8,000 last year to win. Yeah. So that was one to take. But plus 4,000, that's about where he should be. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, the thank, Masters. Thank God. Starts this week. No more, no more waiting. The Masters should be every week. <laughs> the best part is it wouldn't even be any less awesome. Yes. You know, this whole once a year thing is what makes it special. No. You know, if you took all the masters in your life that you got to really enjoy and you, you could fit them all into one year. Oh, certainly. And that would be a pretty great year. That would be a fun. <laughs> but then you'd get no more masters. The, the Golf Channel's cameras would just be covered in jizz because nobody would be able to calm. That's right. <laughs> seduce their excitement. It, it, um, Everybody watch as much of the masters as you can. Uh, the, the music. The, the pageantry. The, gra- the grandeur. Yes. <laughs> the history. <laughs> Uh, All right, Kyle. Thank you. Case I'm on that note. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, good luck this weekend. You know, I I hope neither of us are overcome with too much excitement. But let's just hope for a great golf tournament. Oh yeah. The course is going to be great either way. But uh, yeah, let's hope this is this is one of the best ones yet. Golf, golf. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you, or we will hopefully be joining you again on Friday night. We, we actually never see you ever. No, no, we don't. You're probably all really attractive. We don't even have any idea what you look like. <laughs> Until Friday, everybody. Thanks so much.